It's Lent. Lent, Christian Lent, you know, this period of fasting, 40 days up until Easter. And uh, we get Good Friday before Easter, the day Christ was crucified, and then Easter comes. Christians in the Middle East don't quite view Good Friday. I know, rock on, it's not here yet, but when it comes, they don't quite view it in the same way as we do in the West. They view it in some senses as a triumphant day, as a day to celebrate because Christ went to the cross willingly to die for our sins, that kind of thing. Whereas Christians in the West, pathetic lot, they go around with gloomy faces lamenting on Good Friday, not taking the sense of triumph out of the victory out of over over sin and death that's involved in that sacrifice i mean the messiah the muslims regard christ as the messiah they call him the messiah he didn't die according to islam he was lifted off the cross and on the last day he will be there at the gates of heaven along with saint peter leading you in if you're good enough, boys and girls. Anyway, the point is, uh, what about um, this this whole business of Lent? It's supposed to be a time of sacrifice, and there are two kinds of sacrifice. You can have the giving up sacrifice, uh, the traditional thing. You know, people used to give up meat and alcohol for Lent was the tradition. But oh, give up cakes and sweet things. A lot of people do that, too. I mean, my wife is going to give up biscuits and crisps i don't know you give up things i might even give up alcohol well except when i'm with my buddies i might make exceptions special lapse days but by and large i you know i won't probably drink at home and hit the bottle like i usually do i, I don't find giving up alcohol a big deal ayatollah safavi said to me once um william you're you can be a Muslim, you know, very little. You can be a Muslim and still be a Christian. You just have to do two things, he said. He said to me, one is fast in Ramadan. You can manage that. Yeah, I thought I could manage that. And he said, and the other thing is give up alcohol the rest of your life. Wow. Big ask, you know. <laughs> I know a lot of Muslims that don't. He says, yeah, I mean, he said, technically you are Muslim, but you're not Muamin. You're not a true believer unless you give up alcohol. Um, Muamin. Well, that means a hell of a lot of Muslims I know are not Muamin. The point is, the point is that really, you know, um, St. Paul, he said, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. He was talking about the three great uh, virtues, I suppose, or, or, or drivers for, for believers, faith, hope, and love. Well, I think that hope is not the great driver anymore. I just, I'm just now speaking of somebody later in life um, who's, who's suffered from cancer and so on. So, I mean, hope, hope, does my hope matter? You'd think it would, wouldn't you? You'd think life without hope, I, I mean, I'm being glib here, but but hope is not hope in in the sense of ambition is not really a big driver hope for public recognition of course we all love it but it's no longer a big driver uh, the yearning for power no longer a big 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 
push anymore. So what is that? Why is that? What have you got left? The objective, I think, is twofold. One is to love and be loved, and the other is to have a sense of purpose, to be achieving something in your life, to be doing something. So these two pillars, love and and fulfillment. We don't want to be contented. Of course, what in a glib sense you do, but back to Cicero, I think it was Cicero who said, you know, who wants to be contented? Only cows are content. Who wants to be a cow? You want, you want something more out of life. You want fulfillment. You're not seeking contentment. And very often there's a lot of suffering involved, a lot of real suffering. Very often you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't have hope. And you're moments of despair. You do not have hope. And people who say, buck up, you know, there's better times around the corner. Bullshit. They're not better times around the corner. You're in the valley of the shadow of death. You are in a difficult place. So what do you have? You are sustained by love and um, the giving and the taking of love is tremendous. The empowering in the darkest days. Um, hope is not there, but love is there. So you retain that. You retain love. And that really does make a difference, I would say. And then um, beyond that, there's... there's there's this sense of doing something. If you think your mission in life is finished, if you're alive, it isn't. I think that comes from the guy who wrote Jonathan Livingston Seagull, great little book. But it's true, isn't it? And, you know, I mean, look at Bernie Sanders. For God's sake, he's nearly 80, and he's, he's there doing great stuff. Britain is very ageist. Sick society with its attitude to age in Britain. Britain thinks, you know, you're over 60, you're over the hill, goodbye, good luck, go die somewhere in a corner, crawl away. You know, America doesn't have these obscene prejudices that Britain has. Uh, America is not not so perverted in its mindset. And you do can, uh, it doesn't have this thing about age. It's a much more liberal society, liberated society, much freer society and mentally. This, this decadent attitude the British have. So people in America, I mean, Bernie Sanders, most of his supporters, mostly young. One great thing about Donald Trump is that he's given us Bernie Sanders. I mean, there's no way a guy, a socialist, could become president of America in normal circumstances. America is the most capitalist society on earth. To have a socialist president, amazing. But it's likely he'll win, I think, now, uh, only because of Donald Trump. Uh, because he'll garner the support of the Sanders, will garner the support of the young and the minorities. And if they turn out like they did for Obama, and they might, of course, you know, last time around they had a junk candidate, Hillary Clinton. Uh, but this time they, they'll have somebody good. And you're going to say he's fall, about to fall off his perch? Come on, wake up. He's still around. He's still alive. And he's, he's got fire in his belly. No, oh, I like Bernie Sanders. Anyway, the point is... Lent is a time of sacrifice. I like the do-something sacrifice instead of the giving-up sacrifice. And um, that being the case, I think I kind of like the idea of, of uh, positive action. You know, like write a letter a day in Lent. 
like the old-fashioned thing, you know, writing pen and paper or sending people a postcard or whatever. My father was a great, great postcard writer. He'd send postcards when he went traveling. I should do more than that, more of that. Don't do enough of it. He would send dozens of postcards. I used to do it when I was younger. Why the hell can't I do it now? I send Christmas cards. I get too distracted, I suppose. There's so much to do, of course. We're all so busy with social media. It takes up such a whack of time. Look at me rabbiting on to you now. I mean, what is this obsession with social media? We're obsessed with ourselves, of course. Yeah, my toothache is worse than a hundred dead in Jerusalem. We're obsessed with ourselves, with our own little lives, and we don't care enough about others. So, And social media is an opportunity. Actually, it's quite therapeutic, isn't it, in a way? opportunity for you to work out all your frustrations. Gosh, we have enough of them. You know what I don't like about society is the way historic sins are coming back now and biting people. I know the Me Too movement, but after a quarter of a century, you, you bring up things. It doesn't seem right, you know, somehow. A statute of limitations on all sins, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. But that's the way I feel. Else, what? What? My sin's going to come back to me after 30, 40 years? I've done some things in my life, I suppose, I profoundly regret. It's a very retributive society. I'd like some more forgiveness. I have to be more forgiving. You know the old line in the prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us? Yeah, that's Christ, the Messiah. So watch that line in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We don't, do we? So we are up a creek without a paddle. Christ went to the cross for us, but it was part of a deal. His last commandment was love one another. We're supposed to forgive others. And if we don't forget it, brother, don't expect the gates of heaven to be wide open for you, my children. You are in a bad place. And <laughs> you're going somewhere else. <laughs> down, 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 where the fire burns. <laughs> and <laughs> enjoy it. Because you have to forgive the rest. And we live in a world that lacks forgiveness. Lent is a time for forgiveness, I would say. If we're going to take redemption from the cross triumphantly. And Easter, when Easter Day comes along. You know, Christians talk about no, um, no faith without resurrection. The resurrected Christ, without Christ being raised from the dead. They talk as if Easter Day was the greatest day in the Christian calendar, which is uh, nonsense. Good Friday is the greatest day in the Christian calendar when Christ took the sin of the world on his shoulders and chose to die. That's the big day. I hear people say, oh, there's no, without the resurrection, there's nothing, there's no Christianity. Who cares about the resurrection? What, you need promises? You, you, you live for goodies and sweeties and smarties at the end of the time? No, we don't do our, we care about redemption. 
we care about Christ dying for us. I'm very impressed by Tolstoy, actually. He used to say that, basically, that we should follow the Sermon on the Mount. So everything, take it literally. You know, judge not lest you be judged means judge not. And very impressive. Real, real rock on Tolstoy. I mean, you know, and these guys, their influence goes through the ages. The old Tolstoy corresponded with the young Mahatma Gandhi. The, um, the old Mahatma Gandhi corresponded with um, the young uh, Martin Luther King. Uh, Luther King was, um, he inspired John Lennon. You know, and this kind of thing. There's a sort of, yeah, like billiard balls. You hit one and you hit another. The ripples in a stream. Anyway, so Tolstoy didn't believe in eternal life. Curious, eh? Christian that didn't believe in eternal life was willing to follow Jesus, not for smarties and goodies, but because he liked the philosophy of the man, Christ, and the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount, he felt was the ultimate truth. And that's why he followed Jesus, just for the purity of the teaching that the Christ offered, not for brownie points that would lead him to the kingdom of heaven. He didn't believe in eternal life. I do, as it happens. I uh, lay away one night when I was a young man and thought about what it would be to die and cease to exist, and it took me most of the night to come to terms with the concept. But I did in the end. And then uh, over time I suddenly realized, well, of course we do live forever, and that is, is that a curse or a blessing? Can't kill the spirit. Is that a curse or a blessing? Not sure. You think about that one, brother. We go into Lent, sister. Anyway, Lent is a time when we make a little sacrifice. And it doesn't necessarily mean suffering. Sacrifice is often equated with suffering. Well, means giving more. So, yeah, do something maybe just for those 40 days. Priests let themselves off on Sundays. I think you should just rock through. Well, that makes it a little more than 40 days, actually, if you rock through from... Uh, never mind, though. You can cope. Why not? We've had Mardi Gras. We're in Lent. Let's sacrifice a little. I think, uh, basically, I'll give up munka. That's what the Arabs call alcohol. Uh, munka. Fruit. Forbidden fruit, you know, from the Garden of Eden and all that. Munka. <laughs> give up. Alcohol, I guess. And I guess I'll write a letter a day. I'll try anyway. Who am I going to write to today? I'll have to think about that, won't I? Anyway, uh, I'll make a little list. And maybe the next thing I'll do. Point is, hope doesn't matter. Love matters in my universe. Hope doesn't matter in dark days. I don't know whether I'm going to live or die. Do you? No. Could we never mind cancer? You could be walk under a bus tomorrow. So it's not a question of hope. But love matters. Love one another. Christ's greatest commandment, his last commandment, his final commandment in the Gospel of John, in the, the Last Supper, his final commandment to his disciples. Love one another. No greater commandment than that. Now let's try and do a little of it this Lent.
Okay, God bless you. God bless us all. Thanks.